I remember saying to him, this is some trip, Sean Murray. This is unbelievable. <laughs> he says, it's not a trip, Muggsy, it's, it's a tour. And I was like, no, but you know what I mean? He says, no, I don't. Probably again, D&G, or the again, D&G, yeah, that's 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 the brand Welcome to our Ireland football final episode of Coral Etamas. Tonight, we are brought to you by Airgrid. Airgrid are the official timing sponsors of GAR Ireland Hurling and Football Championships. Tonight, I'm delighted and honoured to have Joe Brawley and Conor McManus with me. Lads, tough all to row Joe, you're laughing already. How's the form? Great. Can I just say that the new Reynolds invoice that I've taken possession of, not only is it four-wheel drive, but has a marvellous range. <laughs> and, no, and, no, and no paperwork is required. Is she electric or diesel, Joe? <laughs> not answering that question. Lads, I was just going to say that was the boys' mistake. You see, they should never appeared. They should never have agreed to go in front of the pack. If I had been their lawyer, I would say no. <laughs> Stay out of it. That's above my pay grade, now, Joe. Um, the hurling, lads. Did you watch it yesterday? Unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. Um, first half, Kilkenny absolutely threw everything at them, didn't they? And um, they were still only three points ahead at half time and then second half Limerick just I don't know, I'd say they're the best hurling team ever, are they? Yeah. You see, I this is the this leads into the Dublin thing, I think, years ago. Joe, I'd be interested in your viewpoint here. I know they have an unbelievable coach in Kinnerk, and I, I, I've heard so much about him and I think it's vital what he does. I think Kylie, I think any successful team, they have the county board, they have everybody is in sync. Everybody is just tuned in. But at the end of the day, they have an unbelievable group of players and something very similar to what Dublin did, they'll possibly achieve something very like it. Yeah, because don't forget they won three under 21s in a row. Mm. And they were already marked out as being special. Also, they're very, very big. I mean, I, I saw them close up a few years ago and they looked to me like, I mean, I know the Irish rugby boys and that's what they looked like to me. Their physiques, physically conditioned. I mean, Kilkenny have some scrawny players. There's no scrawny players playing for Limerick. And, you know, They've reached the stage now that that Dublin team reached, which was that they thrive. They only start to play when, you know, the, the, the game reaches its most intense period and when they're at risk, as soon as they're at risk, like that great Dublin team. It was like Michael Dara told me we were having coffee some weeks ago and he said, you know, Michael Dara would still not know half the players that he played against. He <laughs> said, so, you know, Oh, I used to love it, you know, it was 10 minutes to go, we were four points behind, you know. I'd like to nudge Edo and say, you know what's coming now, you know what's coming now. And then we get a point and I'd say, you can see it, look, you can see it. And those 
those great teams, it's something much more important. I mean, I, I had um, a very interesting chat this morning with Philly McMahon and Jerry Brennan. And I asked him, you know, what what is what what is it what does it mean to be a champion? And none of them said winning anything. You know, for them I think it was fighting for for the you know, fighting to find out who they were as people, you know, fighting for each other to achieve a greater goal that can't really be described. And you know, I think it'll always remain a mystery what those great teams have, but there's something about loyalty and about committing yourself to this and about you yourself. Teddy Atlas, the great um, boxing commentator, I was watching that Four Kings documentary. I don't know if you saw it, Connor, about Tommy the Hitman Hearns and Roberto Duran, marvellous Marvin Hagler and Sugar Ray Leonard. You know, this incomparable era when you were... I mean, just the hair stood in the back of your neck whenever the announcer was calling the fighters. And Atlas said, you know, people think that boxing's about a collision of skin and bone and weight and talent and all of that. But he said it's not nothing to do with that. It's about emotions. It's about personality. It's about two men in the ring fighting <clears throat> to find out who they are, fighting to save themselves. And I thought that was a brilliant description of it. You know, you... You go into this and, you know, it's about character in the end. That's what it's about. You know, I was very disappointed Connor didn't win his All-Ireland because he exemplified that throughout, you know, fighting for something that was bigger than himself and all the humility and modesty that he had. It was a great shame. You know, and I mean, even fucking worse, they gave Sean McCavin a man of the match that day. You know, it still galls me. You know, because those moments are important. There's something about the integrity of the game, the 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 things that'll be remembered, and long after, long after, you know, we're dead. Conor McManus will still be remembered. I, there's, something I, about, there's something about that, you know. Conor, I suppose it's the last thing you want to be talking about in All Ireland final week. Would it? You obviously went out to win that game. Still galling. Still like. He went out with an attitude of pushing up on Dublin, going after Dublin, chasing Dublin, pushing them, pushing up the field on them. And he really believed you could win it, yeah? Oh, 100%. 100%. And I suppose, listen, and I don't think too many people outside of, of us and our camp probably believe that. Um, if, you were to, if you were to read what was in the paper, it wasn't worth our while going to Crow Park, you know, on, on, on that particular day. And then if you, if you look at the result... Dublin beat us by seven points, and and if you if you hadn't seen the game, you would think, well, it, it went as as per the script said it would go, you know. But we 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 fully believed that we were going to beat it, uh, beat them, and, and I suppose that's why it uh, the week gone past was so difficult to, to to go through. You know what I mean? It's um, when when you're when you're invested in something like like we were for for the for the two weeks coming into that semi final, and, and as you be all season. We were we were convinced that we could we could beat Dublin and and I think we put ourselves in a position to go ahead and do it <clears throat> and I suppose like many other teams over the years we just didn't we didn't finish it off you know we got ourselves I think to twelve all with maybe sixty two or three minutes gone or whatever it was and in a very short space of time Dublin had fifteen twelve on us you know and we got it back to fifteen thirteen but they 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 really squeezed us and and you know the the quality that they have 
really stood out, you know, particularly with the, the two boys in the middle of the field. Um, really, really went, went after us in that in that ten minutes penalty. One of the things, know, one of the things that comes through from I mean, I'm very friendly with Pat Gilroy, we were in Trinity together, is his admiration for that Mullen team. And in a strange way, and Connor, you'll remember this because you were playing. In 2010, after you boys had humiliated Dublin, you know, the start of Leary Wigs Day in Croke Park in 2009 when you beat them off the field. And Gilroy went into a sort of a black depression, didn't leave the house for six weeks, all sorts of plans. You know, he's a genius of a fella. And one of the things that he decided to do during that, he rang Seamus McEnany and he said, look, I want to come up behind closed doors to play a challenge game, at least one against Monaghan. Because Monaghan were so tough, and Pat McEnany refereed it. You'll pro- you'll remember this, Connor, obviously. And Pat picked what he called the Dirty Dozen, the new group: Philly McMahon, Dennis Dennis Bastic, you know Michael Dara. And the idea was, our, you know, to find out who had the character to play for Dublin, who had the character to do this. And Pat said himself, he says the games were fucking mental. He said. They fought like fuck, he says. And when somebody was fighting, he says, and they were punching the fucking head off each other. And he says, that Monaghan team, they were so fucking tough. Because I remember you as Connor, that Ulster final, the day you got fucking battered by McGee. It was right beside me, and I was enraged. And I think you took about six points off him. And I said, that kid is fucking special. And Gilroy said that after the game, after the first game, you know, and Philly and boys like that, they loved it, you know. He said that uh, Bastic and fucking Ono Garano, that Seamus McEnany came over to him and says, Jesus, Pat, why did you get them boys out of prison? <laughs> and the two teams, I think you played four, was it three or four games up there, Connor? Three, I think. I think it was three. That was 2010. I think we played one. We played one at home. I remember, I don't remember full detail, but I remember playing one in Cardiff and I remember playing another one in Parnell Park. Pat said that words that team and all those dumb boys, like I, I said, I, I met with Philly McMahon and Jerry Brennan today and they have the highest regard for that Monaghan group because they said, geez, if you wanted a if you wanted to test your character, that was a group to test it against. Because I mean look look what Monaghan have achieved to us in a small county over the last ten years and this man, you know, he won't mind me saying it, leading them the way that he did throughout with humility and with respect for his opponents and to play the way the way that he did play. Put it to you this way, you'd have been staying into the Dublin team, Connor. <laughs> can, I, can I ask you, Connor, one thing? And it always addles me. Like, you played, I watched you play Derry, you played Kildare, you played Clare. When you went out, is there, is there somewhere along the line when you played Dublin that you played so high, somebody has to obviously, Vinnie, be in charge, right? We're going to set up this way. And is it as simple if it's not a game that you're used to? playing throughout the season it's been a very long season was it easy for you to click into gear and get that into your head what way you want because you had them rattled well rattled I know you missed yeah, well, chances like no, we, we, we would probably have a lot of players who are very very adaptable and very versatile and we have lads who can play in the half back line who can play in the half forward line and lads who can drop into the middle of the field and we'd have a lot of legs and lungs I suppose um, so it I suppose that the, the the big thing is that like Dublin are no different to any team. If you starve them of the ball, they're not going to enjoy it. You know what I mean? And, and you know you could you could see that from early doors in, in the game. That obviously we had we play with with Rory out the field a wee bit more, and um, 
Dublin don't have that option. Like Cluxon isn't that isn't that player. He he's he's he stays on his line, and I suppose that makes it all the more impressive that Dublin were fit to, you know, stay on top of us and, and control that last ten minutes of the game, given the fact that essentially they were playing with fifteen on fourteen for the whole game, you know. Um but like we, we you know, having having that outlet and bringing Rory out the field and, and using him as an extra attacker, it, it's difficult to it's difficult to play against. And I suppose you could see it in Dublin that you know there was times that probably maybe were frustrated. But again, I go back to their quality. It, it shone through in the end, and, and you know, Paul Mannion kicked a massive free for them in the corner. Jack McCaffrey comes up and kicks a point. Uh, Brian Fenton kicks two scores, one one in, in inside the thirteen yard line. Another one with Darren Hughes is a full length trying to block him. You know what I mean? So. Their, their quality, I suppose, come through. But uh, I suppose to answer your question, the, it wasn't necessarily a massive change for what we had done because we have we have been playing it like that, you know, for for quite a while now. And I suppose it was it was about trying to raise the quality of it. A lot of a lot of what we had produced up to that, you know, we had been gradually getting better and better in in some of the games, but we hadn't been great. You could see big steps of improvement against Armagh. And we felt we just needed to get a higher quality in our performance. And if we'd done that, we knew we wouldn't be far away. And as I say, we, we took it down the stretch and ultimately came up short. I uh, think also Connor against Derry in Celtic Park that day, that was the real <clears throat> Monaghan. And if Dublin hadn't performed at a very, very high level in that last 10 minutes, you know, they knew that they had to. Because yeah. Monaghan, <clears throat> Monaghan also, plays character and courage at all times, and you better be ready for that. And yeah, I think that's I, been a constant with you guys. To to, to be fair, Cluxton's kickouts were fucking yeah. excellent. Like, oh, you know, miraculous! I mean, it's absolutely. Um, I was laughing watching. Someone. I was just, and to be fair, Rory's were too for 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 the whole of the game as well. Like both keepers put on a, a, an exhibition of kickouts. Like, but I was just thinking of it during the week. Is fuck Cluxton anyway? If I, <laughs> I stayed where he was, you know what I mean? Because that was his kickouts against Mayo and throughout the game that day. And Mayo have a brilliant kickout press, as you know. I mean, yeah. it was like it was as though the ball was being was being delivered by a drone. I mean, the ball was like inch perfect, and it's constant, and you can't deter them. And no, I think that's like, one of the reasons that they'll that they'll beat Kerry because there's just, it's it's not just the excellence of the kicking, but it's the it's the rigor, it's the absolute rigor, kick out after kick out after kick out. I have a question. Do you think Cluxton is? feared as much now as he was five, six, seven years ago with the amount of work that's gone into, like teams have not only, they know if they get possession, they have plan B where they can suck in, they'll get bodies around it. Connor, do you think, like Began was outstanding in that game, but do you think that probably Cluxon has the influence that he used to? Probably not because there's so much work has gone into other teams in terms of kickouts and, you know, if you go to any, any inter-county a training session throughout the country a large part of, of that session will be our own kickouts and the opposition kickouts and that that is because of what Cluxton brought to the game 10 15 years ago so he probably isn't as feared as he was he doesn't have the same distance on his kickouts that he had four or five years ago so he, you know like for example when was it Jack McCaffrey's goal in the in the All-Ireland final yeah, three yeah. years ago where that that long kick out went down along the Hogan stand Dublin don't have that option at the minute because well, Connor, would, Kerry, would Kerry like to test that on Sunday? Well, I, su- I suggest <laughs> they will. 
I suspect <laughs> I they think will. Certain as long as he is to be, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> two, two, two later. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, he hasn't he hasn't been kicking them out sixty five yards this year yet. Now maybe he's holding on to that till till Sunday. But um, listen, he probably isn't. But that's that's it's a result as a result of what he has brought to to the game because every other team has had to get to that level. In a way, you're, you know, the fortunes of that Monaghan team were very bound up with them because another thing that I learned recently was that that game and then a scheme, the one where Seamus McEnany said to Pat, did you get those boys out of prison? Uh, because they were short, Pat Gilroy asked Cluxon to come as the sub-keeper and he played him at right corner forward and Dublin got seven frees that night in terrible weather and Cluxon converted all seven of them which was why Cluxon became the free taker and then scored the famous free against you, Tomas, in 2011. And I think that more important, well, as important as his kicking out and his general sort of generalship of the square and the calmness that he brings and the fact that you never have these crazy minute moments that you have with all the other goalkeepers who are playing way out the field. I think is, that's the biggest part of it is is the is the Cameron effect he has on on the rest of the whole Dublin team. Like it's not necessarily he's probably not the same influence with his own kickouts in terms of distance and everything else. But number one, he's getting them away, and number two, they're much more comfortable with him in there. Like. Also, the high standards that he demands. <clears throat> he's he's a ruthless guy when it comes to that, and there's no there's no bullshit. Like, do you think they're the same? Dublin team that they were, Connor. You played against that Dublin team and their pump. Um, they're, they're probably not. They're probably not just a, as doesn't as, mean they can't win in All Ireland. Says you. Doesn't mean they can't win in All Ireland. They're they're, they're a better t- Dublin team this year than they were last year. Um, that probably goes without saying. The fact that you've Cluxton back, you have Paul Mannion back, you've Jack McCaffrey back. Um, so they're, they're they're definitely a stronger team than they are last year. And if you take if you take the semi final, was Con didn't play the semi final last year as well. Um, so they're definitely stronger than they were last year. But um, I would say probably David Clifford's even better than he was last year too. So that's a major problem. On the other side, there's one big thing, and you have Jack McCaffrey and you have Kieran Kilkenny. Bogler missed the last game and I think Bogler was a huge presence in that half-forward line for everything. So Dublin started the last game against Sheik Connor with possibly, arguably, Mannion was out in the wing, Small mm. was out in the half-forward line. They're inside men. Do you have to start Kilkenny for the final? I, I would I would say so. Um, I, I think our, Niall Scully got an early black against us. And Dublin probably were threading on eggshells with him a wee bit. Didn't want him to obviously get sent off. So it was probably to our detriment that he got the black card because Kierke Kenny came in very early into the game. He came in maybe 15, 20 minutes into the game um, and had, had, a, had a big impact on it. You know, again, he's very much like Cluxton in, in the sense that he calms them down. He, he's a sort of a he's a set play for them when he's on the ball. He's, he's a sort of a set play within the game and... I can't see how they won't start him now. Listen, they, they could argue that they'll bring it down to half time or 40 minutes and, and get that kick from Kilkenny when he comes in. But it's hard to see. If Bugler's not, not fit, it's hard to see how you don't start him. Yeah. And he has inflicted pain. I, I think it would rattle the Kerry fellas more if Kilkenny started than if, if he didn't start. I mean, the, reason that, the reason that Kilkenny was dropped was because of playing laterally and backwards. Since Pat Gilroy has come back in, I said he was the most overqualified water boy in the history of the GAA. But since <laughs> he has come back in, 
and he was there that night. Yeah, so it's hard to hide him as a he's what he's six foot four, is he? Who? Gilroy, as a water boy, I'm saying. He blocked a few well, viewers. He's bigger, than that. he's bigger he's bigger than that. He's a huge big man. But I was supposed to meet him for dinner that night after the Celtic Park match and he didn't he didn't appear for the dinner because as I understand that he had them for three hours cutting them to pieces after the game. Because that night they were eight points up against us, and they and they lost it through it. You know, in the second half it was very like their surrender to Mayo in the semi final two years earlier. And I think they've diagnosed part of the problem is Kieran playing laterally and backwards and holding the play up. They want to go and they want to press. And the first time since Gavin's era that they did that was the second half against Mayo. And when they did that, they really looked frighteningly good against Monaghan. Monaghan glued them up for a long time because that blanket defence, very like Jerry's, it's very formidable and very, very hard to break down. And Kerry, you could see, I mean, Kerry, Kerry struggled very badly against Jerry's blanket defence. And the disappointing thing for me was, which is why I haven't written about it or spoken about it, is that it's hateful when Derry had to lose that game. Kerry weren't going to win it. You could see the body language. And to hand that over is something they'll regret for the rest of their lives. But back to Kilkenny, the reason that he's in the subs bench is, as I understand it, because of that lateral and backwards stuff. And whenever he came on against Mayo that day, in particular, Connor, he was going forward all the time. Could, I, I felt that you could actually, in my mind, I felt you could see him thinking, fuck, I want to go sideways, but I better not. And when that Dublin team pressed, I mean, it was absolutely scary watching them because they have five very powerful two-footed forwards who are very quick who are great finishers and you put all that together you know, i mean i'd say the dublin would look at david clifford and say look they'll be a lot smarter than Derry." you know i mean christy mckeague's not a cornerback you know he's a converted number six he kept letting him onto his left foot he then panicked and fouled even though we had cover there dublin won't be like that I mean, if if I was playing against Clifford, I would I would simply double team him. I'd have somebody like Merchant playing right in front of him, because the other carry forwards are not of that car- caliber. To most, I mean, yeah. I know that Clifford's exceptional, but Dublin, I think the the year the replay when they beat them in the replay, they said, okay, look, you know, Clifford's going to score five points from play, but if we hold them to that, we're happy enough because we'll, do, we'll, 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 we'll be able to win the game. And they press and press and press. So if Dublin play like that, the way they played for, what, 10 minutes against Monaghan when they pushed up in the kickout, and all of a sudden even Began couldn't get the kickouts off, the way they played for 30 minutes against Mayo, I expect the Dubs to win 5-6-7, because I think that they're... <laughs> there's, there's a, no, I mean that. I mean, I mean that sincerely, Tomas. You know, I know you. I, mean, do. I, would, no, I know. I know. Derry were playing against. I genuinely thought that Derry, mm. if Derry had been smarter about handling Clifford, I genuinely thought that Derry, for all the fact that we don't have stellar forwards, we don't have a Conor McManus, we have no one of that capability. I thought because of our game that we had a brilliant chance to beat Kerry, and I was bitterly disappointed that we didn't. But if we'd gotten to the final. I, I would be saying that, you know, I think we'll lose six, seven, eight, nine points, you know. I think, you, you think that Derry would lose to Dublin? Yeah, by six, seven, eight, nine points, I think. I don't know, Joe. I, 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 so I, many, they have so many weapons and once they would push up on our kickout, we would find it very difficult because Lynch's kickouts are erratic. He lacks that stellar confidence of a Began or a Cluxton 
and you can you can go after his kick out. I mean, Monaghan proved that up in Celtic Park, Connor. That mm. day, you should have beaten us that day. To be fair, yeah, like, I thought you were comfortably the better team than us at a packed Celtic Park and a brilliant atmosphere. And um, you know that, that's annoying. You, you can never take a Monaghan team for granted because they've got courage and character. I turned around, Joe, halfway through the the Kerry Derry game, uh, halfway through the second half. I don't know who's sitting beside me, and I just said, "We're we're gone here. We're in trouble here. We're in big Absolutely. trouble." Absolutely. Jack O'Connor thought that as well. I watched it in the TV afterwards, and you could see his body language. He thought we're gone. Sixty-five minutes, we're gone, and that's the shame of it because I thought you know, McGuigan and McGuigan. I thought played very well. I didn't think he would would have the impact he did, even though he's had a bigger impact in certain games. I didn't think they get the spread of scores that they did from other players. Um, and I thought that Kerry would defend him a lot more. But uh, I do think I would be disappointed that last five minutes, Joe, I thought Derry would do better. They couldn't. That four or five minutes was, and you can talk about the soft free. The one thing, and this is what I'd like to ask you, Connor. the one thing, like, they, they pressed up. They got two frees they pressed up. And then there was a point from play from Stephen O'Brien, and they still pressed up. I know it's nearly impossible to push up on every kick out. How, like, do teams have certain areas, times in the matches, yeah, we're going after them here, we're not going after them there, or how does it work out like? What was your plan going out against the Dubs like? Yeah, well, we were possible. Like, I suppose it, Derry, or, Derry play a certain game whereby they control the game that much. And, and like, if, if Derry turn you over in, in, in their defence, they're not necessarily breaking up the field at 100 mile an hour to get a score. They nearly let you get back, let you get set up, and then they'll move you around and shift you around and get their scores. And when they're doing that, they have nearly 14 men inside your 65-yard line. So for them, it's not a difficult job to get pressed up because there's so many in your half of the field already. Um, not every team plays like that. you know. And, and I suppose to... to, to It'll be different, obviously. This 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 week with with Kerry and Dublin, they're not going to be as I suppose as a, that many numbers involved in their attack. They'll play more orthodox, and there'll be probably more kicking involved. So there will be opportunities to get kickouts away. Um, obviously, okay. after set after set pieces, every team will squeeze after a set piece, after a free kick or a forty five or whatever it is. That's the chance the chance you you have to to get squeezed, and you've seen it with Dublin. I think when we conceded the, the kick out in the corner um, or the, conceded the free in the corner, I think we were blown for picking it off the ground. Paul Mannion took his time. Dublin got set up. He kicked the free and they have 12, 14 men inside our 65 squeezing the kick out. So uh, after dead balls and after set pieces, you can expect both teams to be full press. But there's other times in the game where you're not going to have numbers up and you just have to concede and you know, both Dublin and Kerry play defensive styles. Like Dublin, in, in our first attack, we, we won the throw-in in our first attack. It was 15 men behind the ball. We took a shot out from outside the 45. The ball hit the post and, and away they went. You know, and, and Kerry on the Paddy Tally has obviously adapted the same approach where they're defending with 13 and 14 men. So both teams will camp out um, when they need to. But 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 after set pieces is, is the big one. In the same for Derry was... That we didn't deal at all with Clifford. It was as though we didn't know what Clifford was like. That was the shame of it, because you know, with with the fact that we have limited forwards, 
you know, in, individually we have limited forwards. We're very reliant on Brent Rogers, McKinless, Connor McCluskey. You know, that lung burst and sprinting through the defence, timing your runs, a huge amount of rehearsal goes into that. I mean, Rory Galler had the group often at 6 a.m. in the morning for a series of morning in a row, mornings in a row to rehearse all of that. And it's very, very difficult to deal with. But I suppose in the end, and I'm not complaining about the freeze at all, in the end, that lack of quality up front, we really didn't have stellar forwards, did for us. To be that's fair, it. to be fair, that's it. If, we, if we dealt with Clifford, if we dealt with Clifford, and and no man can mark him on his own, but particularly in a, in a grip defence situation like ours, Connor, you can't let him onto his left foot when he's in the right corner. Let let him go to the end line. You know, do what the Tyrone boys did to him in the semi-final a couple of years ago. Yeah, look, he's going to score four or five points from play, but that's all he's going to score. And we're going to limit him aside from that. It wasn't just what Clifford scored. It was the, the, the number of times he was fouled, the number of scores that he set up. I mean, but he was amazed against a team like Derry that he was able to have such freedom. But 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 the were Derry or Kerry were able to kick the ball into Clifford. Like a, a yeah. Derry probably made yeah. made the decision that they were going after Kerry and, and they played a, a more attacking game than I think anybody expected from, from Derry, you know, and they really went after them. But it like left we had Ethan there, all Ethan Dor- I mean, if we had instructed Ethan to play in front of, of David, it would have been virtually impossible for him to get the, the, the ball. And he's worth it. If you're gonna double mark anybody in Irish sporting life, it's gotta it's gotta be Clifford. Like. We, we played them. We played them. Hey, son, you're marking David Clifford today. Off for fuck's sake, can he not pick him up? <laughs> do you reckon? Do you reckon? I'd ask you this, George. Do you reckon Scullion would mark Clifford? Well, no, I'd put, I'd put somebody like McKeever on him. Sorry, McKeever. Like, McKeever. Sorry, McKeever would be a lot quicker. A lot, you know, it'd be a much pacier version of of Philly McMahon with, you know, a a, a better all round athlete and equally as ferocious. I mean, McKeever would have been perfect for him because uh, technically McKeever was doing things that nobody else was doing. I mean, he was showing the forward where to go. He was keeping him off his good foot. You know, he problem, was The problem with Clifford is, by his, he, he just pop it in the air. Like the All-Ireland final last year, Galway just launched two or three in on top of him and he took a couple of marks. Yeah, yeah. Man, six foot four, like. Yeah. That's... No, no, I mean, look, look, don't don't get me wrong, but now you would have had a very, very, very sore ear on McKeever. <laughs> McKeever took a Fuck me. I mean, I, I, I used to, I used to, like, we had Mark and the Dungiven team, and, you know, we were the Ulster Club champions. We fired away in all Ireland. But, but we used to be training away, you see, with the club. And me and McKeever were very, very close friends. Like, if I got a goal off him in the Dungiven team, you see, like, you come back on the Thursday night and you go, Flimmin' hell, because he never cursed, you see. Flip Jesus. I know what you did. I know what you did. You'll not be fucking doing that again. That's what he'd say to you. You'll not be fucking doing that again. I used to come in Jersey, would be ripped, your togs would be ripped, you know. And he, he, McKeever would hit you like, there's absolutely no trouble there. Like, if you got a few scores, you knew what was coming, because for him, and I think, you know, you learn a lot from players like Kieran McKeever. You're taking something that I want. You're taking this from me and you're making me less because you've taken it from me. Because that's what the game is in the end, you know. It's not, it's not about the medals or the trinkets. It's about your character and finding out what sort of person you are. I was going to and ask you. And in, that, in that regard, and McKeever was a, a stupendous athlete. He was a flying machine. He boxed for Ulster. He 
was so tough. He had everything. I mean, Peter Canavan said it was my misfortune to be born at the same time as Kieran McKeever. And Peter would have gone through his career without winning in All-Ireland until that stellar grip came along. McKeever had retired, all those young boys came. I mean, like, we... we <laughs> Ernie Gilkieran were absolutely flying in the Ulster Club Championship and they walloped Cross McLean, the great Cross McLean team, in the Ulster Club semi-final. And they got us in the final. And, like, you could almost hear the groans from Ernie Gilkieran when they realised we won the second semi-final then. And McKeever just picked up Canada. It was like... <laughs> Excellent. Never gave him a kick. We walloped him because if you mark Peter Canavan out of it, you know, he was one of the you know, one of that very small group, that elite group of the greatest players that have ever played the game. And that was McKeever, you know, and it was no trouble to him. But it doesn't take away from the fact that whenever you're playing a siege defence and everybody knows their job and you've got plenty of players who can sweep, that we did not have a sweeper in front of David Clifford. I can't understand that. But I think, Joe, you have to make any sense to me. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Connor touched on it. I think nobody expected Derry to go full on attack as much as they did, and to do what they did. I think very like what Monaghan did with Dublin. They kind of half surprised Kerry. Kerry want Marley in as a sweeper. He couldn't because he was engaged. They ran. I think it was when they got the extra man. They brought Lynch out. You spoke about that as well, Connor. But then when Dermot O'Connor went off, they actually had two extra men outside. And I was looking up. I remember looking up the pitch and seeing Clifford on his own above being marked one on one. And then I'm thinking, Christ, if this he wasn't having the ball in that Kerry, situation too much. Yeah, but Kerry like, had the confidence. The great Dublin team, when the great Dublin team was pressing up, you know, the team that won the All Ireland's, when they were pressing up, Keanu Sullivan was always sweeping. He would come forward a bit, but then he'd be thinking, okay, this is my guy here. I'm going to play in front of him, you know, and and that was it. It was the lack of it was it, it was it was it was it was just common sense. You lock down Clifford, you hold him to five or six points, you win the game. And that was it. But they don't and want it didn't make any sense. Am I right in saying, Connor, that Derry did not want any spare man coming so that they'd be broken through? That they're confident enough if they lose ball up in in their forward line. Yeah, that's fine. There's no panic here. We've enough bodies up to track back, and the ball he won't even get down to Clifford. No, well, that was that was the bit that surprised me. The, the sense that it was Derry were very different to how they played Kerry to say how they played us in in Oma in the also semi final, like because we we had very 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 limited opportunity to kick the ball at all, you know. Um, whereas Kerry got kicking a lot of ball, and I suppose it goes back to what Joe saying, you know. Going out to play Kerry, just don't let the ball into Clifford, you know, and that was the one bit that surprised me about it. But then again, they really went after Kerry and they had they had one eleven kicked in the first half, you know what I mean? So um they had put themselves in a massive position to 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 kick on and, and I suppose bar a couple of, of poor decisions, you know, that they really could have they really could have been in all Ireland in all Ireland fight this weekend. We, 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 there like there there can be no excuses though. Like it, it was there for the grip, yeah. And I do think that they'll regret it forever now, because those chances don't really come around that often. You think they'll come um, again? Well, I think if we're ruthless, you know, there's certain players in the dairy team who have big reputations that are that are that is not matched by what they're doing. You know, I think that, for example, you know, if I were managing the team now, I would be having 
a very serious discussion with Connor Glass. Say, look, do you want to play at this level? And if you do want to play at this level, you know, and you're going to realize your potential, if you believe you're good enough, well, then this isn't good enough. It's not good enough to be anonymous in big games time after time. All Ireland semi final against Galway last year, All Ireland club final, All Ireland semi final against Kerry. You know, this drifting about around the defence, taking the easy option, playing in no man's land. You know, you cannot be irrelevant if you're a player like that. I mean, what do you want to be an Aidan O'Shea or do you want to be a James McCarthy? You know, and we need to have those ruthless conversations because we've got we've got a situation in Derry where we have two or three players who have this big reputation now and no one can criticize, no and you're saying to yourself all the time, Well, you know, honesty is the essential quality. I mean, you've played in teams that won all Ireland's Tomas and there were no hiding places. Because there can't be. You know, the very team I played on, like it was ruthless and it was aggressive and boys would have taken your life in the training and that was where it was because they're going to take something very precious from us. We've got an opportunity to do this now and we will not let them take this from us. But everybody has to everybody has to play at that level. And I think that we've got a problem with two or three players now who've got this reputation who are, you know, I mean, all-stars in the Derry team. They got all-stars last year and you sort of get this idea of that's, I mean, all-stars are bullshit, as you know. And, 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 and we need a ruthless approach to that. And it's always a difficulty when you have an outside management team. I mean, our manager now is from Tron. And it's always a difficulty because one of, the, one of the problems there is that the manager feels that they have to be politic. They feel they have to be political and to make sure that people are kept happy. Like our entire team is made up of South Derry first division players. We have no lower division players playing on the team. Are they good enough, Joe? <clears throat> well, I think that we've got, if if we I mean, we've 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 got two All Ireland minor champions in the last four years now. You know, we have outstanding club football. You know, the, the it's a county now that's 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 very well organised behind the scenes. The admin structure, all those things are right now, and everything's going in the right direction. So there's no reason that we couldn't. But like all these things. You've got to be ruthless when you're taking a team. I mean, Gilroy dropped Philly McMahon in 2009. He dropped Dean Rock. He got rid of Kieran Whelan, Jason Sherlock, Shane Ryan. He just culled them ruthlessly, absolutely ruthlessly. And if you've got a group that has the potential, unless you're ruthless and unless there's a culture of absolute honesty in the group, they're not going to succeed. Because, you know, that old cliche, cliche is true. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And we've got fellas at the moment who are going through the motions on the field. And I was very upset. I wouldn't say disappointed. Upset with some of the performances at the weekend. Particularly when you see when you see guys like McKinless and Brenton Rogers and that. And Conor McCluskey. Really given every ounce that they have. You know, playing superhuman games. You know, and then and then you know, Brenton Rogers was asked by Tommy Niblock, he's an awful nice fellow. He said to him, You know, like you think you get an all star this year? He said, I don't care about all stars, you know. Do you think you're good enough to get one? He said, That's really none of my business, you know. I'm here to play football for Derry. Yeah, I do think I think for what it's worth, I think they will be back. And I think with the minor team that they have, whatever it is, Joe, there's an um, 
was it five, six years ago you were always saying with the success that they had at schools level in particular, how come it wasn't translating? They have it translating. It seems to be a united team, to be fair. I know what you're saying there, but... No, that's right. That's true. And there, 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 there's been a... There's been, you know... But I would say that the standard in Ulster is not what it has been. Like, we've won two Ulsters in a row. I think Connor would agree with me that you're, we're not we're not in a we're not in a glory era of Ulster football at the moment. You know the, the last the last sort of great era was that Tyrone era, and then the start whenever Connor came into Monaghan and they 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 went toe to toe with Jimmy McGuinness's Donegal. You know that they were epic times for football, but the standards not what it was. Yeah. There's a lot of things. Like, Terry or not, like, I, I don't know. I would say that if you took David Clifford out of it and possibly the goalkeeper, I'm trying to think of other Kerry players at the moment who would have made your great team. I can't think of any. Can you? <laughs> no, no, I'm quite serious I know, about yeah. that. I, I, I believe that's I, when I, that's I, why I'm afraid of Dublin because I watch those Dublin forwards and I look at James McCarthy and Fenton in midfield. You know, um, McCaffrey coming back in at wing back, John Small at centre back, like a beast, a proper, a proper, a proper number six. Like, and you look at that team and the forwards in particular, five of them who are powerful, two footed, inventive, playing for the right reasons. You think to yourself, Jesus, if those boys click, this could be the start of another three or four year bonanza for Dublin. Mm. So you better beat them, O'Shea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Connor, can I ask you a question? Yes. The most enjoyable now for a, a spectator not involved, yeah. no skin in the game. The penos that night was that. I know you came out the right side of it. Was that? I like. There's one part of it I don't like. Number one, you keep rotating. The quality of penos that night, you stuck them. Was that? Say when that was over, was that as enjoyable as a, a feeling, or did you say job done, whatever? Well, I suppose. Listen, it was enjoyable, but it's enjoyable because we came out on the right side of it. If if we'd been sitting in our last shoes, you'd be saying that's no way to end the game. And I suppose looking at it, I, I don't think it's a fair way to lose an All Ireland quarter final. Why not? Why not? Penalties, I'll be honest. I enjoyed it. If you can't put it after hundred minutes. If you can't put it after hundred minutes, I mean, <laughs> I, I'd say like I was, I was up. I watched football all over the place, and I was watching Knockmore against Castlebar in the league semi final in Mayo the other night. It was lashing the rain. It was a very extremely exciting game, and it went to extra time, and then it went to penalties. I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and I think there's a bit of a cliche going around. You know, there's Euler boys going around saying. Oh no! It's no way to end. It's no way to end the game out. It's just very unfair in the players. I I don't know what's unfair about it because I think it's a contest of skill and character. And against Armagh that day, you could see the Armagh boys' body language compared to yours, and you just felt you know it was a bit like the Ulster final last year or the Ulster final this year, which went to penalties and Derry did Armagh. It was unbelievably exciting. I don't see what the problem it is. It is like and, and to be to be stuck in the middle of it, like even I. Brilliant. Sitting watching and thinking, Jesus, there's nowhere else you'd rather be. Only stuck here now in, in the middle of this. You know what I mean? But that's after scoring your penalty. You know? <laughs> I just think there's other boys going off. Fuck, don't pick me. Jesus Christ, get you fucked. But like, what I couldn't understand, Connor, right? And I think it's wrong. There was five of you on your own. The yeah. management, the team were out in the opposite 65. Nobody allowed in you. 
And then it goes to five, and then it goes to six, and then it goes to seven. You're saying, fuck it, it's coming around to me here again. Well, my, my, I scored the first one, and I just said, well, my job's done. I'm happy enough. And I fucking didn't think it was going to come in the second time. But funny, the, the Armagh changed their... Yeah. Changed their uh, oh, that was, their, the, that was the worst, Connor. That was the worst. We didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. We, we didn't even know well, you could uh, do that. But, but I mean, I thought, it was, I thought it was such mismanagement, like, that... The fellow who went third the first time for Armagh, he missed his penalty. And so they put him back to five the second yeah, time. That around. had to be the lads, Joe. That could, it, it, well, I mean, imagine, imagine saying to somebody, right, basically you're saying to him, look, we're fucking worried about you. You know, you've missed one already. You'll fucking probably, you'll fucking probably miss another one. So we'll stick you at the end and hope we've already won it. What the fuck type of motivation is that? You know, but again, it was all part of the great drama. I thought it was yeah. hugely dramatic. That night, the penalties and but the quality and, of penalties. Oh, Jesus! Like, unbelievable! It's unbelievable. We have smaller nets than soccer, and we're yeah. further out. I know you probably. I know Connor on the night, but as I said at the start, when you've no skin in the game, and yeah, oh, when, you, when you've no skin in the game, hundred yeah. percent. Or when you win it, it's great. You know what I mean? If you're sitting there and you're in the losing and the losing side, but it is what it is. Uh, the rule is there, um, and and. Uh, and to be fair, Connor, to be fair, it meant that we didn't have to watch another 70 minutes of Monaghan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually a, a, like the penalties in GA is somewhat of, of a lottery because, you know, if, if a keeper decides to go the right way, it's a fucking difficult enough job to squeeze it by him. You know what I mean? I mean uh, your penalties that night were of absolutely top class. What, what, I think one of your lads missed the first time around, the first five. Uh, yeah, but, he yeah. stuck, but he stuck his penalty away to some tune the second yeah, time. That's what sport is. It's the like, all too often in our game, particularly Gaelic football and like the hurling. You know, instead of you know, we 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 tend to overlook that this is an entertainment. You know, we have huge amounts of spectators coming to be entertained. Mm-hmm. You know, and are they not entertained? When they see an epic penalty competition, I mean, I tell you, in the Ulster final this year, after what was a fairly turgid game of football, extremely defensive, extremely lateral, you know, I mean, the 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 excitement, the vast tension around the penalty shootout, I mean, it was brilliant. I was thinking, oh, this is great. Also, you you know that Armagh always lose a penalty shootout, you know, because they just they just put a far too much pr- pressure on themselves. Do you ever and take you boys, must, job? you boys must have been thinking that. Do you take penos, Joe? The odd time, but there were very few penalties. I mean, in early, you had to be absolutely butchered to get a penalty. <laughs> you know, it had to be sort of virgin on manslaughter. Third, <laughs> third degree murder. <laughs> I was yeah. going to ask was, you... Know, you know, there, were, there were actually very few penalties when I was playing. Would you like... I know you, you played back in the day and you played before... I'd say we crossed over at the very end of your career. Would you like to play and prepare I w- before I ask this question I actually would say the way you see fellas now we spoke about the Limerick Hurlers and specimens of men obviously S and C hugely would you like to play in the era now? Well like it's impossible to know to, to, I mean I, I played until I was 42 and I was fully intent to play on and by that stage I'd actually got a personal trainer I was playing for the club I was flying the day that I got crippled, I got a suicide pass from James Lockery, you know, who, who went down to Cork then. And because uh, and, he was so guilty, he couldn't look me in the face after that suicide <laughs> pass. So that's a joke. 
I just want to take that back. But I was disgusted at a broken shoulder, a broken collarbone, and I thought, all right, well, that was it, you know. Just sort of sleep standing up for a few nights at the radiator, like, and, you know, I'd grown to really love and respect the game. So, yes, the answer is yes. I would if I was sort of... so Because, like, we, we, we trained like demons and we did all those things. We just didn't have the assistance that that's available nowadays. I mean, I I look at, for example, the, the, the Dublin group and the sort of assistance they have and the sort of, you know, intelligent management and training and all of that. And you think to yourself, wow, imagine if you had all of that, how you would have better appreciated the game, you know, better understood, you know, what it was about and the importance of it and all of those things. You were largely, when I was playing, left to your own devices. I mean, Enda Gormley said to me, and like Enda trained like a demon, like a demon. He said to me, like, I I only found out when I started taking the Glen Mahara teams that I'd spent my whole career absolutely dehydrated. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Things like that, like the nutritional side that we would sort of well, eat sensible, you know, you don't, you know, you don't eat like cheeseburgers and stuff, but, you know, you eat sensibly. But that that's true. Enda said that, you know, he said, I only realized once I started, he was sort of behind that whole revolution in Glen, you know, that led to the to them going into, you know, the All Ireland Club final and winning the Ulster Club and all of that. They were the first team and I think it'll never happen again. They won four Ulster Club minor titles in a row through the, the systems that Enda was employing and everything that was being done. And he said that, you know, he said, I realized that I spent my entire career hopelessly dehydrated. <laughs> I'm gonna put it to you, Connor. I spoke to Somebody close enough to the Mayo setup after the debate, Kerry in in Killarney, and he put it to me that the plan Mayo had was hold Tom Sullivan, hold Gavin White, we'll bait him middle of the park, and limit Clifford to whatever you can. He's going to score. He's going to hurt you. <clears throat> limit him, and you have to run at them. You have to. Is it that easy, or can carry you. I'm basically asking you to call it in such a way. That's the way Mayo approached it. Is that yeah. the way you see it panning out? Hey, I can understand the Mayo game plan, obviously, but but I I suspect that that Kerry could be could be just coming into this under the radar nicely. You know that they didn't play overly well against Derry. Um, Dublin, listen, I suppose the last 10 minutes of the game against us, I think we we all seen the real Dublin. And if Dublin bring that for, you know, if Dublin bring that for, for, for 70 minutes or 60 minutes or, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be very hard to live with. But I think there's the team, particularly Kerry, will, will probably even have learned a bit from, from our game against Dublin. Um, you know, I, I think if you go at breakneck pace against Dublin for 70 minutes, they will, they will, I don't think anybody can live with them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think you need to slow the game down a bit and um, sort of make it take, make it into a game that Dublin don't particularly enjoy. And, you know, Kerry have the tools to do that with Shane Ryan coming out the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I call it, I, I just don't know who is going to, listen, obviously Dublin would be sitting in, 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 their dressing rooms and their meeting rooms this week with a plan for David Clifford and, and allow him four points or five points from play. Um, 
do they, do they have to do they have to bring somebody like James McCarthy back and sit in front of him or Brian Howard or something like that to to to, to double team him? I can't see how you can play him unless you double probably team merchant. him. Probably, huh? probably Merchant. Because he's so quick, he's absolutely electric, and he just yeah. yeah so, I mean, I remember the James McHugh Connor from Donegal who used to do that role for Jimmy McGuinness. You know, right, he, right, he, or Mark McHugh, yeah. And he would, wasn't it James? Not James. Mark, um, Mark McHugh. Mark, sorry, sorry, sorry. Mark James was his yeah. uncle, of course. I if uh, if they if they don't double team Clifford, I think Kerry could win this game. But they're got lads. You've two goalies, right? Begging you to come out. Lynch would come out. Uh, Cluxton won't. Ryan won't come out. Now Ryan comes out the odd time, yeah, granted, but not not, not in a way to, as a tactical. He'll come out the odd time, right? But I think they'll stay back in. I think they're both going to cough up the sweeper because I think Kerry are a lot more comfortable with Marley sitting. I think the Dubs will sit Davy Byrne or whoever it is, Merchant, whoever it is, um, sit back. So I think both teams are going to give each other the uh, the sweeper. George, you think, and to be fair, the last two teams standing, Dublin and Kerry, do, from a goal-conceding point of view, have the meanest defences left. If it comes down to defences, do do, who has the best defence? Well, I think, just as we saw with Limerick and Kilkenny in the hurling, as soon as Limerick went after them, as soon as Limerick just went up to battle speed, okay, now's the time we're going to go after them. Then there was only one team. And I, I... Predicted before the game, and I'm quite happy to ring the glamorous brunette live here to Bruce. I predicted that Limerick would win by nine points because I couldn't see any way with Kilkenny's lack of quality. For all the fact that they'll give every ounce that they have in their bodies and they'll leave nothing behind as Kilkenny always do, I just couldn't see any way that they could compete with, with, with Kilkenny. So I thought nine points. That's what I predicted genuinely. And on Sunday, I think the Dubs will win by six. I think that if they push up, and you'd have to be certain that they will do that after their experience against me, after two years of lethargy with Desi Farrell, I think Desi was very bad for the Dubs. I think that they became a lateral, slow-moving team, you know, um, not backing themselves. You know, Pat Gilroy calls it, you know, he says what we need to do is balls out football. And that's how you win. I mean, whenever Tyrone won their three All-Irelands in the noughties, they just went for it. They said, like, OK, look, we've got fucking some of the greats of the game, Tomas Roussey, Colin Cooper, they're all there. Fuck them. And when Dublin did that against Mayo and in the last few minutes against Monaghan, you could see, right, this is, this is scary because they've got the players to do this. And... I mean, I, I, I look at the I look at the individual matchups and you think to yourself, well, who would you rather have playing on your team? You know, starting with Cluxon, you look at your, look at the midfield, Fenton and Fenton and James McCarthy. You've got five stellar forwards and then A and other probably Paddy Small. I suspect they'll drop Scully because he's gone through a terrible patch and he seems to have lost his confidence completely. And you know, last year with with Kerry having so much more advantages than Dublin and Dublin playing with a sort of an experimental team in a way, playing very slowly and laterally. If Davy Byrne hadn't committed a stupid foul, knowing that the best free taker in the game was playing for Kerry and was likely to slot it over, the Dubs would probably have won that match in extra time. Because you know, for most of the second half, it was the Dubs. So I suspect that um, that the Dubs will, will win by about six. 
I was confident. We'll probably go on to win a couple more. I, I mean, I, I, my main concern is that Kerry don't have a companion for Clifford. Yeah. You know, they don't have a companion for Clifford. Like Paul Guinea, I think, is over the hill. Tara Moynihan, players like that. Look, don't get me wrong, they're good players, but not at that sort of standard. And I think that the only Kerry forward, I mean, probably Sean O'Shea would get in because it was master free take and he'd take over the Dean Rock role. But apart from David Clifford, there's no other carry forward that would get into the Dublin forward line. I'd, I'd stick Paddy Clifford in there. And I don't think, I, I totally disagree with you. He reminds me of Declan O'Sullivan. He slows the game up solo, 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 solo. He got absolutely nowhere against Derry. He might as well not have been playing. Don't get me wrong, he's a good, decent footballer. But I'm talking about that stellar quality. Would you pick him ahead of Conor Callahan? I'd argue, no, well, I'm not going to go. Like, I'd argue that point, like, it was the same as 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 what match last year in semi-final that they were, they were, he was nullified as well. But if you look back at the game, even against Derry Joe, Paddy Clifford, he's never bait. If you look back, clip by clip, phase by phase, he was still involved in the game. I know he popped over one point. He put in good ball to, to David. He's never beat. He's got the right temperament in terms of... Oh, yes. He's, don't, 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 don't get me wrong, but I think it's absolutely certain that if David Clifford weren't playing for Kerry, you know, this miracle, you know, who's for me the greatest footballer that's ever played the game already. I mean, who could forget him scoring 4-4 from playing his last All-Ireland minor final against Derry, like in the whole Derry defence market. Sweet mother. I mean, you just sat there thinking to yourself, thank God I'm alive to witness this miracle. And that's what it's like. But without him, make no mistake, you wouldn't have it in All-Ireland last year. And you wouldn't be in an All-Ireland final this year. I mean, he is the difference. And I suppose the big, the massive test for Kerry will be if anything happens. I mean, that day he got injured against Tyrone in the semi-final, that was the end of it. He got the suicide pass from Sean O'Shea, and that was it. It was all over. Everybody knew it. Body language, you could see it. Game over. My own um, reading, my own reading of it. Incredible. Is... And he never gets injured. No. I mean, like, not only, not only can he do all the things that Connor was talking about, I mean, he would be a wonderful professional athlete because he, he just, it, nothing phases him. I mean, I was watching that documentary about Patrick Mahomes, you know, the great quarterback for the, the Kansas City Chiefs. And I kept thinking of Clifford. This guy who just enjoys it all, takes it in a stride, rocks up to his first All-Stars wearing a turtleneck. You know, yeah, how you going? And, and who, who effortlessly does these things that amazes us and we say, Jesus Christ of Almighty, how does any human being do that? But to do it day after day, knowing that I'm responsible for this and if I don't perform, we will lose. No, he never doesn't do it. He, yeah. he, he, absolutely he, extra- he took a day off. He took a day off, Connor against uh, Tyrone because Tyrone were so abject. Yeah. You could see him thinking, I'm not going to wall in my hole here. And he scored his first point in the 60th minute from play. And he just, yeah, you could no. just see him thinking like, ah, this doesn't require me to push myself here the day. You know, I'll let the lads at it. He always yeah, does it, Connor, even in the bad. What age is he? About 23, Tomas. What age is he? Four, is he? Sweet mother. He's, he's, he's ridiculous. He's like, if he, if he, I, I, I actually think he's probably the best player to ever play already. Um, oh, but yeah. I suppose people will argue that he doesn't have enough all irons and everything else. But just purely from what he can do and what he like, it's 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 consistency. Be if he was your son, you were just going, "Oh my God, thank you, God, this is absolutely fantastic." <clears throat> Who are you playing the night, son? Oh, great, you know. Oh, how did your son get on? Oh, he only scored two seven. <laughs> Quiet enough night. 
But you said it can't he goes and wins in all Ireland. He goes and wins an all Ireland junior title with his club. You know. And that was ferocious. I mean, Sherstown gave them everything and gave them more mm. than that. Like it was and, and some of their behaviour was a scandal and the attack on body and all that. And he just rises above it all. And then he plays for East Kerry and they win two or three, you know, county championships in Kerry in a row. And you think to yourself, like it's, it's the funny thing about that game, and again in the All Ireland Club final, was there was other forward shooting, and you were just wondering why the fuck are you shooting? Just give it. To <laughs> it's like it's like it's like the great story that uh, Jorge Valdano told about being in the dressing room with Maradona. Carlos Minotti was the manager, and they were coming up to the World Cup, and they were training away, and Maradona was doing his usual miracles. You see, and they came in for the team meeting. And Carlos said that, Diego, could you step outside? Valdano said, Minotti said, gentlemen, how often must we give the ball to Maradona? And he said, you know, he put up his hand. He said, well, I think it's a team game type of thing. I think we must, you know, not put too much responsibility on him, etc. Cetera, et cetera. There was a bit of that when Donald Minotti said, nonsense. We must give him the ball every time. <laughs> And that's, I mean, I can never understand that Kerry don't give him the ball more. Yeah. Suppose he may get exhausted. I, one thing I did notice about him, Connor, I don't know if you agree with this, was I've noticed last year and, and the previous year that, I, and I think it's probably because of the amount of work that he's asked to do, that come the last 10 minutes, he tires out. He's a big man, like. He is, I he thought is. he was noticeably tired against Galway in the last 10 minutes last year and then the other players took over at that stage and Galway sort of crumbled. Um, and the same the previous year against Dublin. He, the never, player, he, I thought never, he, tired out. he never stops moving. He, ne- he never stops moving. Oh, if you gosh. watch him, like he oh. he is always on the move. You know, Even even when falls down the other end of the field, he's pulling his full back or his defender here and he's pulling them there. They're just working them all the time, moving them in and out, over and back. Not a bit of wonder he's fucked at the end of a game as well as that everything Kerry wanted to get to get the ball they want to give it to him too which is totally understandable you know is it, his positional sense is wonderful too like if David Clifford doesn't perform at the weekend will Kerry lose the game yeah. oh yeah definitely yeah yeah he'll get stuffed imagine like if Clifford pulled his hamstring in the first minute or two like the day remind me which game it was boys I, th- I think it might have been against Galway last year in the semi. Or no, who, which was the day that he hurt his ankle really early on last year in the championship, and he was limping heavily, and he just kept playing. Yeah, and eventually he seemed. So, who was that against? Um, I know I can't remember who. Do you remember, I was he hurt his ankle, and everyone. Oh Jesus! And he, he was limping, and he was. It was, it was a quarter final, wasn't it? it was a quarter yeah, final. who did they play in the quarter final last year? But again, there it was. I mean, he, he pushed through. He pushed through the pain barrier, and uh, I mean, he, he's got all of that as well. That sort of leadership, you know, he's he's a like an armor plated leader as well. Like, bring it on, give it to me, whatever you've got, give it to me, you know. And is that all you've got? Is that all you've got? He's got that defiance as well. And the other thing that he has on top of all of that is tremendous discipline. He never gets sent off, no matter what's put up to him. Like tremendous discipline. Joe, is. you're calling it. You're calling it Dublin by six. Connor, what are you calling? Yes. It? I I think David Clifford will perform. 
I think he always does. So I'm going to go Kerry by two. And I'm going to go Kerry by four. And oh, are you all going to the game, lads? You are? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, lads, it was a great way to finish season four and to build up to this weekend's All-Ireland Football Final. I know, Connor. Yeah, you'll be fierce disappointed you're not there. And I'd say a lot more people are fierce disappointed not seeing you tug out in All-Ireland final. Um, thanks to Joe. Thanks to Connor. It was an absolute most, pleasure. Just before you finish, whenever Derry won the All-Ireland, I was invited down to the Clontibret Club with the Sam Maguire. And a very young baby-faced Connor McManus got a picture with me sitting on my knee with the Sam Maguire. Isn't that right, Connor? That's right, yeah, that's right. 93 yeah. down, down in Castlechine at Deck and Brennan Motors, yeah. That was the start uh, of it, Connor. Your hero, Joe. Well, he yeah. didn't win it all Ireland, but he will forever be remembered forever Gaelic football has watched and played. Uh, and uh, and uh, an absolute credit to his club and his county and the way that he conducted himself in the field. What a career. We're not going to put you, he mightn't be finished yet, and we're not going to, we're not even going to ask that question. Um, <laughs> Thanks to Airgrid for for sponsoring um, the show and thank you to everyone that has listened throughout the season. If you want to listen back any episodes, you can click on the link in the bio. Lads, Gormila Mahagav, and let's hear, hope that we have a great All-Ireland weekend and everybody behaves themselves in the capital city. Gormahagav. Cheers, Tomas. Thanks again to our sponsor, Airgrid, proud supporters of the Airgrid Under-20 All-Ireland Football Championship and leaders in Ireland's pursuit of a cleaner energy future. Don't forget to follow, subscribe and review. Garamila Mahagav.